Welcome to Fantasy NASCAR Podcast, episode 499. We are almost there. This is part two of our Crew Chief Homework series. For the most part, what I am doing here is familiarizing myself with the Crew Chiefs. Remembering who has done what, where they've been. There's been so much turnover and change with teams and drivers and Xfinity crew chiefs and cup crew chiefs. Some of it's stable, some of it's consistent, but there's been some movement. So I want to go back over just to remind myself, this might not be a good podcast from the audio perspective. It might not be a good podcast from the visual perspective at YouTube or Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Please like and subscribe. But I'm going to learn something. Maybe you'll learn something. Thanks for joining me. As always, please make sure that you go to raceforthepride.com. That's where you will find all of my content for everything that I create. And please consider clicking on the link to Brandon Cruz DFS. That will take you to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. That's patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. And you can support all of the work that we are creating. Maybe you subscribe for just a month. Maybe you commit for the whole season. I mean, you don't have to commit for the whole season. Just let it bill you. You can stop at any time. But we appreciate your support. Let's get into it. Let's go for it. Let's learn some stuff. In part one, kind of slowly slog through. I need to pick up the pace a little bit here. Maybe we can get it all in part two. Maybe. Part three will lead to episode number 500. Also, if you're watching this and it's April, May, June, July, you're like, oh, well, you're looking at something from February. You're looking at the, that does this information should help you at any time during the season. You can watch this again later to re-familiarize yourself with the crew chiefs. Maybe something will click. Maybe something, a piece of information is going to help you build a better fantasy NASCAR lineup. All right, so we've done Chastain. We've done Austin Sendrick. Austin Dillon, Kevin Harvick. We're now at Kyle Larson. His crew chief is Cliff Daniels, formerly of the 48 and Jimmy Johnson. Now with the five and now a champion crew chief. That is Mr. Cliff Daniels. They won 10 official races last year, 11 unofficially. I like to say 11 because that one that they did win was a $1 million all-star race. The second time Larson has won the $1 million all-star race, they don't really get the $1 million. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, let's see. Did Daniels do anything other than Cup? Just Cup. 15 races in 2019, 2020 with Jimmy Johnson. They had some pretty good race cars. A lot of times, if you remember 2020, you remember listening to Cliff Daniels, you and you watch the races and you've read the race notes, which you can get access to if you go to raceforthepries.com, click on the link, go to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, and in the folders, you can see all kinds of different race notes. You would have been you should have known that Jimmy Johnson was holding the team back. The cars in 2020, the cars were fast. Cliff Daniels was setting up good race cars. He was just making too many mistakes. Uh, and then you see in 2021, Larson jumps in in 10 wins, five top 20s. I mean, I don't even, do we even really need to look at that? We know he's awesome. Um, and I don't even really want to look at, so the problem with saying, well, okay, let's at least look at this Jimmy Johnson stuff to go back over. The problem with looking at some of this Jimmy Johnson, at least on the page in front of you, you're seeing what Jimmy Johnson, his results were. 
And as I already had mentioned, that Jimmy Johnson was making mistakes. And what you would really want to look at if you wanted to analyze Cliff Daniels' performance in 2020 is to go into the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet, look at the 2020 lap-by-lap data, and see where did Johnson run throughout races. Because as I mentioned, Johnson was making mistakes. Their pit crew was making mistakes. It was very hard for them to piece together a complete race. And if you look at this data, you're going to see some poor results. Well, yeah. Just the result is the result, but what we really want to evaluate, did Cliff Daniels set up a good car? Was the car fast? Uh, Fast cars don't always get good finishes. A lot of things can happen. There are crashes. There's mistakes on pit road. There's failure to execute for whatever during the race. There are penalties. But And those will obscure the performance of the car. If you're simply looking at results, results don't always reflect how fast the car was. Sometimes slow cars get strong finishes and sometimes fast cars get poor finishes. What you would really want to do is jump into the folder, look at the lap by lap data and see, okay, where was he running? How many top five laps did he run in a specific race? How many top 10, top 15, top 20? Look at all those different calculations. That would help you evaluate Cliff Daniels. But you probably don't even need to do that because you can probably just say to yourself, I mean, I already told you that he was good And then when Kyle Larson jumps into the car, that pretty much confirms it. Yeah, Kyle Larson's Superman. And for my money, and you can come at me all you want, the greatest race car driver of the 21st century. And I'm talking race car. We're talking stock cars. We're talking dirt racing. I imagine at some point he will find his way into an open wheel car. It's not long before he will be racing in the Indy 500. And you know, as well as I know, as well as Larson knows and Hendrick knows, and that's why Hendrick is open to the possibility that he has a really good shot at winning the Indy 500, even without very much experience. He can get it done. He can be a real competitor in that race. He is, for my money, the best race car driver of the 21st century. Now, I understand American. Let's say, like, North American. I don't want to get into arguments about Formula One. That's kind of its own thing. We can't really do all that. Um, But America, yeah, cool, awesome. That's enough on Cliff Daniels. What we really want to do is focus on some of these crew chiefs that we may not know much about. Matt McCall, we know about him. Matt McCall was with Kurt Busch at Stuart Haas. Right? So Matt McCall's bounced around a, quite a bit, I believe. If I recall, I think Matt McCall was with Kurt Busch when they won at Kentucky in 2019. He may have been with Stuart Haas Racing last year with Almirola, maybe. See, this is why we're doing this, to find out there's changes, turnover. Uh, so Brad Kozlowski's crew chief in the sixth car is Matt McCall. I don't think Matt McCall was Ryan Newman's crew chief last season. I don't recall that. <laughs> Matt McCall. C-C-A-L-L. Who was he with? All right. Matt McCall, 2013, Jeff Burton won race. Then 2015 through 2018, Full seasons with four full seasons with Jamie McMurray in the one car at Chip Ganassi. Then in 2019, Kurt Busch, 2020, Kurt Busch, 2021, Kurt Busch, 2022, now with Brad Kozlowski. So really he's worked with two drivers, no Xfinity experience. He was with Jamie McMurray, never won with McMurray. Uh, 
we know what McMurray was. If you were playing DFS NASCAR, McMurray, Menard, Newman, there might have been another guy we put into that category. They're always finishing around 15th place. That's what McCall was doing with Chip Ganassi Racing. Not great cars. Occasionally they stood out. And then in that 2018, though, race, I will point out that Jamie McMurray, 2018 Las Vegas race, if you're watching this early in the season or late in the season, was pretty strong. He got into a wreck late in the race, but had a fast race car. That's probably getting too deep into the weeds. Let's just look at recent history. They won a race last season. Where did Kurt Busch, I want to say it was an intermediate track. Where did Matt McCall and Kurt Busch win last season? Atlanta. Man, they were really fast there at the end, too. That was that really surprising race where Larson, this was the second Atlanta race, wasn't it? Or was it the first Atlanta race? Yeah, it was the second Atlanta race, and it's really surprising that they just were a rocket ship at the end of that race for Chip Ganassi. Um, it was weird because Chip Ganassi had some really strong high horsepower, low downforce cars with Ross Chastain and then struggled in this package. And then on the other hand, Kurt Busch seemed to have run better in this package, if I remember correctly. He was really fast at the end of that race, but you know that package is out the window. So congratulations, Matt McCall. That doesn't really help. He was consistent. He was decent. They, I mean, one of the more famous parts of Matt McCall's career was calling Kurt Busch to come down pit road in that Daytona summer race that ended under lightning that Justin Haley ended up winning. But then the very next week, Matt McCall and Kurt Busch would win a shootout to the finish at Kentucky, basically saving his job. Again, that was high downforce, low horsepower, which is not what we're going to have in the 2021 season, 2022 season. 2016, what was their one win together for Stuart Haas? This is so 2019. There was all Chip Ganassi, right? Yep. So he's always been at Chip Ganassi. He was at Chip Ganassi, Chip Ganassi. Now he jumps over to Roush. Their 2019 win together. What was that? I'm going to say plate race. I don't know. So 2019 was the Kentucky race. 2020, they win at Las Vegas. That was a mess. Crazy wrecks. Alex Bowman was one of the better cars. Denny Hamill was one of the better cars. But a caution happens at the most weird, not the weirdest, you know, those times where you're pit cycling. Jimmy Johnson actually has an issue, and it catches all the leaders a lap down and completely inverts the field. And so the guys that stood out, stayed out a little bit longer, which were Kurt Busch, and then uh, Matt DiBenedetto, and then you had some other guys, and you had a whole bunch of wave-around guys. And so then Denny Hamlin, Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, all with fast cars, all with like the cars that had dominated all day, were all stuck in the back with only a few laps left, and there's a bunch of wrecks at the end, and Kurt Busch ends up winning his hometown race. An absolute surprise, uh, but not a dominant performance. The Kentucky win, again, not a, a dominant performance. The Atlanta win, though, a dominant performance. But again, all those were in the 550 high downforce package. That doesn't really help us out. Matt McCall doesn't stand out to me as a great crew chief. Uh, so you got Brad Kozlowski on the downward trend in his career. He's now at Roush. His cars aren't very fast. You also combine that with Matt McCall, not really an expert crew chief that I kind of worry might be even worse when we add some horsepower and take away downforce. Not excited about that one. Corey LaJoy and Ryan Sparks. No idea who this is. Probably don't need to look them up, but since we're doing it, we're going to do it. 
Let's see. I mean, I can't imagine this is going to give us any information that's worthwhile, but we will look it up. I don't know who the guy is, but we should do our homework at least to become familiar. Sparks was LaJoy's crew chief last season for 34 races and for 20 races in 2020. He hasn't done anything else. They have two top tens together in basically two seasons. Josh Berry did a race. That's nice. Their top tens were at Daytona and Daytona. Okay, that's not good. I think he's had some strong Martinsville races. Well, we know LaJoy, but I don't know if LaJoy had strong Martinsville races. With Let's just look at his uh, the average finish going back for Sparks and LaJoy is... I can't. Oh, that's this year. 25th, 25th, both seasons, not terrible. Lead lap finishes, though, 11, 12, only one-third of the races are they finishing on the lead lap. A couple of those probably plate races. They are always running at the finish. That's nice. Fewer mechanical failures, avoiding wrecks, but they're not on the lead lap. That's no bueno. Um, Just look and see some top 20s here that stand out, and we'll go with most recent. Uh, 32nd at Phoenix, that's not good. So 21st at Martinsville, man, look for top 20s. 20th at Texas, not terrible, but the package changes. And the package change could hurt some of these smaller teams. Could help, we'll have to wait and see. Top 20s, let's look. 15th at Darlington, that's impressive. That is a package that would be kind of similar. That, I mean, that's that's really impressive. That's something to be interested with Sparks and LaJoy putting that performance together. Let's see if we can find something else that goes along with that. Not really interested in the 16th place finish at NDGP, 15th at Nashville. Okay, so there's another example of high horsepower. They had the 750 package. It'll be a 670, but it was high horsepower with low downforce. And so we're seeing at Darlington and now Nashville, two top 20s. Mm, don't really care about Charlotte. You got a top 20 at Charlotte at least. Halfway decent at these road courses. 20th at Austin. Or Coda, 18th at Sonoma, 21st at Road America, 2016th. You know, Corey LaJoy and Ryan Sparks' crew chief probably don't stand out to anybody listening to the podcast. Please like and subscribe as road course experts. And those numbers by no means indicate that they are road course experts. But if you told me that for, I mean, you you average those out, Indianapolis GP, even probably throw Watkins Glen in there, Road America. Sonoma, Coda. If you were to tell me that in last season's field that Corey LaJoy was a top 20 driver at the road courses, I probably would not have believed you. I would say maybe he's close to 20, but he's not inside the top 20. And the data tend to indicate that he is a top 20 driver at the road course. Something to look at moving forward. All right, that's enough for Ryan Sparks. Everyone's favorite alcoholic energy drink, Ryan Sparks. Tyler Reddick and Randall Burnett. Burnett's been around for quite some time. You'll remember he was with A.J. Allmendinger ages ago. If not, well, now you do remember. He's now at RCR with Tyler Reddick. I think he's got Xfinity experience that we'll look at. So, I always say Burnett. Burnett is Algier's guy in Xfinity. Randall Burnett is... Tyler Reddick's guy in the Cup Series. And he's been in the Cup Series since 2016. He was with AJ in 16, 17, a little bit with AJ. Comes back to the Cup Series in 2020, 2021, and 2022 with Reddick. I believe he's with Reddick in the Xfinity. That's right. 
And so in the Xfinity Series, 17, he split time with an all-star cast with Austin Dillon, Hemrick, and Ben Kennedy, if you remember now, president or something of NASCAR. You remember the Ben Kennedy wreck, Kentucky, where he went through the fence? That was a week after Austin Dillon went through the fence at Daytona. Paul Menard, so he did some part-time stuff here in 2017 while he was also doing some part-time stuff with A.J. Allmendinger. And then he was with Matt Tiff's RCR ride. That was not a very good season. Then 2019, though, Tyler Reddick and uh, Burnett win the championship. Have a pretty strong season. Bell was better. Bell was the best. Bell was slightly more inconsistent. Custer was pretty good. Custer may have had the best equipment with Shiplet as his crew chief. But when I looked at Custer, Bell, and Reddick, Custer had the least amount of talent. I'd say Bell had the best amount of talent, most talent. Uh, Bell was inconsistent, got himself into hairy situations. Reddick was always right there, part of the conversation, would stand out in certain races. And then, obviously, when they went to Homestead, that was all she wrote. No one had a chance. No one had anything for Reddick. Reddick, the year before, booking the season. He won at Daytona with Junior Motorsports. Did nothing for the entire season. Then gets into the championship race and just gets on the wall and wins. And so he won those back-to-back championships. The 2019 was with the new crew chief. It was with Burnett. And they won six races. That's awesome. And that's something to pay attention to because in 2019, you'll realize that that 2009, whatever, doesn't matter, 18, 19, 16, whatever it is, Xfinity Series, more horsepower, low downforce, Reddick winning races. Yes, obviously there was a competition disparity. Nonetheless, they worked well together. And where did they win? They won at Talladega. Not really a big deal. But they won at Charlotte. They won at Michigan. Probably not really concerned about that one. They won at Bristol. Uh, they won a goofy race at Las Vegas. This was a fuel mileage race. They did not deserve to win that race. Bell and Custer had the best cars. Uh, but Reddick was able to save fuel and win the race. All right, he pit a little off sequence. Reddick was not faster than Bell or Custer. They took a gamble and it worked. He wins that race. Bristol win, that's cool, but I believe that was a pretty chaotic race as well. Michigan, I'm not really, Michigan's Michigan. Charlotte win, that 110 laps led, that's something to be encouraged by. I bet Kyle Busch was in that race, if I remember correctly, or Brett Kozlowski. And the ones that maybe were making a bigger deal. It's really like, all right, he won at Talladega. Charlotte wins, awesome. But there might have been Rex. Let's pop it up. Michigan win, mm. Bristol, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of Rex in that race. Las Vegas, I already explained to you, is a fuel mileage race. Homestead, he's supposed to win these races. Going back to that Charlotte race, he leads 110 laps. What happens to everybody else? We've got uh, Christopher Bell wrecked in that race. Austin Dillon had a mechanical failure in that race. Uh, What happened to Cole Custer? I feel like Cole Custer led some laps in that and maybe got a penalty at some point, if I remember correctly, had some sort of issue that maybe cost him a lap. Digging deep in the weeds. But hey, this is what I like to do. It's fun for me. And if it's not helping you, then sorry. Sorry, folks. Where was Custer? Yeah, so I'm not seeing him. So we'll pull our old friend Control F and see. Cole Custer finished 24th, 196 led. So he was several laps down. I don't know if it was penalties or he got involved in a wreck. What car did he drive? Like the double zero, wasn't it? I bet it was penalties. There's some, obviously he finished four laps down, so something went wrong with him. So you look at, all right, Reddick wins this race. 
He be- beats Allgaier, who really wasn't that great that season. Jeffrey Earnhardt was in the 18 car, so no, Kyle Busch wasn't there. Uh, Christopher Bell, his main competition, wrecks. Custer has a mechanical issue. Austin Dillon has a mechanical issue. I hate to hate on Tyler Reddick because I like Tyler Reddick and I think he's talented. But, man, when you go back to him and Randall Burnett's 2019 season, those are not the greatest wins I've ever seen. I'm not really excited about those. Uh, Let's look and see what he did last season in the Cup Series and mainly pay attention to the low downforce races. He's got nine top fives, so let's just look at the top fives real quick for Burnett. Now, one of the interesting things about Burnett, Burnett has been said to have been really good at setting up for Martinsville. And we know that A.J. Allmendinger, for an underfunded team, I believe this was JTG Daughtery in, yeah, didn't have a lot of resources, but typically performed well at Martinsville. Reddick, not really comfortable with Martinsville, but I believe his performances at Martinsville last couple seasons have been kind of surprising, which we don't see from young drivers. And that might be due to Randall Burnett being decent at this track. So let's look and see just uh, Martinsville, Burnett, and see what his performances have been getting kind of deep in the weeds. And then we'll move on. So he's got three top tens in five races. That's pretty strong. Uh, second place for AJ, 10th place for AJ, 16th for Tyler Reddick in his first, really his first experience there in 2020, because I'm sure maybe Tyler Reddick ran at Martinsville in the truck series once upon a time for BK Racing for Brad Kozlowski, if I remember correctly, maybe not. Uh, they don't, they didn't run this in the Xfinity series back in 2018 or 2019. So for in his first race, really in his rookie season to finish 16th, that's really strong. And no practice, by the way. Remember, this was COVID. This is like a Tuesday night race. Then he finishes 24th. That's not a poor race. Then last season at Martinsville, finishes 8th. Again, another stroke. Did they only run at Martinsville once last season? I don't make any sense. Was Burnett not there for the second race? Burnett on baby leave or something? Probably could be something like that along those lines. Let's look and see. Because if Burnett's not here for the second Martinsville race and there's a uh, noticeable drop-off in Reddick's performance, then boy, that really points to Burnett being some sort of Martinsville. Yeah, so so Burnett missed the second Martinsville race for whatever reason. And in that race, Tyler Reddick finishes 18th. I think there's something to that. Randall Burnett seems to understand this short, flat track. Maybe he's good at Phoenix and Loudon. That would be something to look at. That's something to do more of your homework with. That'll do it for our Burnett talk. Don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but I think we learned something there. Alan Gustafson, I'm not going to go into Alan Gustafson. You know Alan Gustafson. Gustafson. Why can't I say Alan Gustafson's name? I don't even know how many times I've had to say Alan Gustafson. Gustafson has been around for quite some time. He was the crew chief for uh, Jeff Gordon for a while. They never won a championship. Uh, Before Jeff Gordon, he may have been with Junior for a season. I know he got traded over to Jeff Gordon from... So let's look it up. Let's look up old Alan Gustafson, who seems to be at his best here with Chase Elliott, even though they struggled last season. They were much better in 2020. I got that. But even then, you look at 2020. We've talked about this before. We talked about this last season when Chase Elliott was not performing very strongly. 
They got on a hot streak. They won at specific racetracks at the end of the season. They got hot at the right time. But overall, zoom out the 30,000-foot perspective or whatever they say, the 2020 season for Gustafson and Chase Elliott wasn't that great. And when you look at 2021, it wasn't that great of a season. kind of makes sense. You look closer, sometimes you get lost. If you were focusing on the 2020 season with Gustafson and Chase Elliott, and you focused in too much on the end of the season, you focused in too much on some of the drug courses, it led you to believe like, oh yeah, this team is on fire. Watch out. They have the team to beat in 2021. And then when it didn't happen, you're caught off guard. You're surprised. What happened to Chase Elliott? What happened to Alan Gustafson? Well, nothing happened. You were just misled. You were deceived by narrowing your focus on some road courses and a couple hot races at the end of the season at Martinsville and at Phoenix, where they probably had a borderline illegal car. You'll remember they did get a penalty before that race began. You had to start in the back. Anyway, you zoom out, eh, maybe he's not that great. So Gustafson was with Elliott. He was with Gordon. Before he was with Gordon, it wasn't Junior. He did a season with Mark Martin, two seasons with Mark Martin, a season with Casey Mears, and with Kyle Busch back when he was with uh, Hendrick Motorsports. So he's been around forever. Gustafson has 33 wins. I don't need to go into all that data. That's too much. You should be familiar with the guy. The biggest takeaway is that they only won two races last season. What were those two races? I'm guessing it's a road course and maybe a plate race off the top of my head. His wins last season were... Road courses. They won at Road America, and they won at Coda, which was a bit of a mess. Not really something that's going to, like, if I'm saying, all right, who's got suited up for, that's not a good sign pointing in the direction of 2022. And as I mentioned before, 2020, uh, they won that short, weird road race at Charlotte. Then they won, not road race, the shortened uh, back COVID, like let's jam 17 races into two days. They won one of those middle of the week nighttime races at Charlotte. They had a pretty good car, but we're fast at the end. I believe Denny Hamlin probably was going to win that race if Kyle Busch didn't wreck. No, no, Kyle Busch wrecked Chase Elliott in one of them in the next race. Uh, It's hard to remember all these races. Uh, He won a road course race at Daytona. That was awesome. They were lights out. They were lights out at the Charlotte Roval. That's where he he ran into the wall and then comes back and wins, I think. Or was that 2019? I don't know. He wins the Roval every year. It's hard to keep all this straight. Then he has the win at Martinsville where uh, the crew member is able to reset a penalty. (laughs) And then he has a – so, I mean, I could put more asterisks next to these, not to hate on Chase Elliott, but – so I imagine I'm talking to someone that's in love with Chase Elliott, wants to play him. And I want you to really think hard about it. That's what I would say. Now, in the opposite, if you were really down on Chase Elliott and you didn't believe in him, I could pitch this the other way as well, and you know, and find some other information, which is not very scientific. But uh, there are questions, to say the least. All right, I don't need to go into Gustafson. Man. It's going to take forever to go through all these guys. Drew Blickensdurfer from FS1. He does a lot of the TV stuff. I don't think he probably does as much TV stuff anymore. I could be wrong. He's been around for quite some time. He's had a lot of different roles on teams. Now he is the main crew chief for Eric Almirola in his final season. He was JPG Daughtery before. He's with a smaller team. And I don't even know if he was the crew chief. So Blickens Durfer, uh, no, it's the last two years he was with um, Michael McDowell for Front Row Motorsports. That's right. And they had a slight alliance with Roush. 
and that's why you would always hear him. He was always talking about their connection with Brian Patty and Roush working together, even though Brian Patty was not there in 2021. Patty had already jumped over to JTG Daughtery. But Blickensdurfer was with McDowell. And if you were to say anything, obviously McDowell, good road racer, but not the greatest. Uh, McDowell and Front Row Motorsports tended to race the best in the 550 package with the high downforce. And that might be an issue for Eric Almirola. Blickensdurfer, not really the greatest crew chief. Did get two wins way back when for Matt Kenseth in 2009. Got a win with David Reagan in 2011. That was a plate track win. Only 25 top fives over the course of 14 years. Not very good. And there's a reason why the guy's probably on TV more than he is in the garage. Um, I don't have high hopes for Eric Almirola. I don't need to go into Chris Gabehart. You know him. Jonathan Hasler is new, so we can go into Hasler real quick. Hasler last season took over mid-season for uh, Matt Benedetto. And DiBenedetto always had really good things to say about him, so that the team was clicking and everything was working well. And now Jonathan Haslett, and it must have been true, had to be the case, because then they moved, Pinsky moved him from the Wood Brothers over to Ryan Blaney. And Jeremy Bollins is now, no. Yeah, and Jeremy Bollins got moved over to Austin Cinder. All right, so you'll see 21 races last season. Eh, I don't know. Hard to kind of get too excited about those performances. He also did a, a race for Joey Logano. How about that? Let's look and just see real quick. Did DiBenedetto run well in the low downforce races? Uh, let's look. Phoenix 12th, not terrible. 15th at Martinsville, not terrible. 6th at Road Course. Uh, those are okay. Uh, obviously, more was expected out of Matt DiBenedetto. Those places are fine. Based on the car, based on his talent, that's probably about where DiBenedetto was last year. 10th to 15th place driver. And 10th to 15th place is fine if you've got big-time sponsorship and you have upside and you're a sponsorable driver and you got a lot of things going for you. If you don't, then we can put anybody else in there. Harrison Burton will probably get into this, get into the 21 car. Remember, we're talking about Hassler now as a crew chief for Blaney. But... A lot of people can replicate that performance, is what I'm saying. Uh, and it doesn't look like Hassel really turned things around at all or made things all that much better. Uh, I mean, they're decent. They're good. He takes over here around consistently race, what, 17. And they did have a couple good trends here at Atlanta and Loudon and Watkins Glen and the NDGP in Michigan. But as I always say on this podcast, it is this is the worst time of the season to evaluate a driver. The summer swing where we're at all these random tracks and it's changing from one week. We're at a two mile. Then we're at a short track. We're at a short flat track. We're back at an intermediate track. Now we're at a plate race. Now we're at a road course. Then we're at Indianapolis. Now we're at Pocono. And it may not be as crazy as it once was, but it's still pretty bonkers. I mean, let's just look. Pocono, Pocono, Road America, Atlanta, New Hampshire. Watkins Glen, Indy GP, Michigan, Daytona. And then once you get to Darlington, that's where the season becomes a little bit more consistent and stable. And so if you see someone like the Benedetto and Jonathan Hasler run well in the summer, 
This is a spot that's notorious for some drivers that are really good and having a really good season to struggle with specific setups because the setups are changing every single week and we see some random situations and then you throw in cautions and penalties and you're going to see some really good drivers not be consistent. And then sometimes you'll see drivers that probably haven't been consistent all season kind of just get lucky or, you know, whatever they rise above and have a good. So for my money, I don't care that he was finishing 11th or better in six straight races. To Benedetto was, you know, patting himself on the back, you know, give me another ride. Let me keep this job after they had already told him a year before you're fired. He's like, cool. We already told you you're fired. Stop asking for the job. You know, it's over. Yeah, but I just did six races where I finished 11th or better. Those are six meaningless races in the middle of the season. The worst time to evaluate a driver based upon we're not idiots, Matt Benedetto. Get the hell out of here. That'll do it for this episode. We are only a third in. This seems like something I'm never going to finish. We'll see. We're going to have to wait. Uh, next episode, part three of Crew Chief Homework, will be Johnny Klausmeyer and Chase Briscoe at Stuart Haas Racing. Raceforthepride.com. That's where you can go to find all the information. You click on Brandon Cruz DFS. That takes you to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. And you can consider, for 40 bucks a month, supporting the work that I'm putting in to the podcast, supporting the homework, and stuff that I'm putting into the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheets and all the work that Brandon Cruz is doing. We really appreciate it. If you can't do that, think about doing it. Bookmark raceforthepride.com. Bookmark patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. And like the videos. You guys are doing a great job of liking the videos. I really appreciate it. It's helping get that positive energy. And speaking of positive energy, I Pierce Dietrich will become the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will become a top-selling author. And if you want to read some of my weird stuff, I don't know if it's that weird. I mean, anything's weird when someone steps out of their lane or does something that you don't expect them to do. Go to theconstrainedvision.com, whereas a lot of people would think that a lot of people that know me and have known me as opposed to, and you know me, but you know me as the fantasy NASCAR guy, which is, let me tell you a secret. That's not, I mean, it is who I am to you, but for the most part of my life, that's not who I am to in the real world. On this computer screen in front of you in two dimensions and to a lot of people online, I am the fantasy NASCAR guy at raceforthepride.com. But to people in real life, in the three-dimensional world, I'm a teacher was teacher i'll probably be a teacher again and a different person and that different person is reflected in the constrainedvision.com that's if you were to see me in the real world you wouldn't probably know me as the nascar guy you would know me as the constrained vision guy and so the constrained vision guy or the people around me when they see the nascar guy they're like who's the nascar guy but you the nascar guy when you come over to this website like who is this guy that's not the guy it's the duality of life 
But if you read some of the content or watch some of the videos, you'll see the parallels between and how it all connects and intertwines. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I may not agree with this guy. I think he's a lunatic, but guess what? I also think he's a lunatic half the time when he's doing his race for the prize shtick or his fantasy NASCAR stuff. So if you probably already perceive me as a crazy, wild, out of his mind person in terms of fantasy NASCAR, the fact that I'm doing a crew chief podcast part two, it's going to end up being like three hours long. One can only imagine what kind of content and obsessive information I would pour into something like the panic of 1819 or the, you know, the compromise of 1876 or Keynesian economics or business cycles or rule of law or, or analyzing any of the random books that I obsess over behind me. You know what kind of a, a maniac I am. So you're like, all right, yeah, it kind of makes sense. It, it, it kind of does. And so I guess if you can deal with me here, you can deal with me there. Please like, subscribe, share the videos. At the very least, retweet Cruz when he sends my stuff out. Retweet me when I send my stuff out. And we'll just keep doing this thing at the end, which we've been doing Besides the affirmations, which we got to keep doing the affirmations. It's going to work. I know it will. I'm very confident that's going to work. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. And I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Let's trip the lights. Fantastic. Thanks for joining me, guys. Like, subscribe, share the videos. Part three, four, five, six, seven, however many it takes. It may not be done soon. It might be a long haul process, but eventually we will get through and we'll get you your crew chief cup series content. Thanks for joining with me. Adios.